Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, welcome back to another episode of Round the Boards of Speedway podcast. Back on BHP Radio again this week. Um, I believe we've signed a, a, a 20-year contract plus life to be on the show. So <laughs> thanks to Paul and Clive again. And joining me on the show, as per usual, regular co-hosts Rob Ludlow and Kane Watt. How are we doing tonight, guys? Hey, guys. Yeah, all good. All good. Yo. Yeah. He's still here. <laughs> oh, man of many words, as usual. <laughs> Yeah, hopefully he can stay with us for the whole show this week. Was it last week you were... No, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, two weeks ago uh, I, I died. Time flies when you're having fun. I was not having fun. <laughs> anyway, on to, the, on to the show this week. Uh, plenty to get through this week. Uh, some of the news which has been coming out of the sport this week. Some reviews, previews. Uh, obviously, the Watt versus Ludlow Challenge continues this week. Got an absolute cracker again this week. I'm um, scared. Well, Rob currently leads 7-5. Uh, I've screenshotted him pretty much saying he's going to win this one anyway, so uh, I will hold that against him. Um, and then some other news from around the continent as well. Um, but to begin with, I think we will start with the European Championship, the Speedway European Championships um, in, um, where was it? Rybnik in Poland. It was indeed, my friend. Uh, it was. I, I managed to watch this on the, uh, the Facebook channel. Um, so I had a had a good watch of that meet, and I wouldn't say it was an absolute brilliant meeting. Um, acceptable, uh, acceptable. Something that I would yeah, something you said in the past is, is acceptable. So, uh, um, the meeting itself, in the end, uh, was won by Leon Madsen, um, and probably a top four that um, everyone at some point probably could have predicted. Uh, Mikkel Mickelson looked like he was going to win it for for a lot of the time. Um, he ended up coming. For, I think he was four, he was fourth in the final. Uh, Mickelson actually won it. Kolodziej, uh, Madsen won it. Kolodziej was second. Dudek third, and Mickelson fourth. But uh, a good start for the main players in the European Championships came. Yeah, um, yeah. we. I don't know. You had uh, two people to watch out for off camera, off camera, off 
whatever you want to call it, off the, the grand old radio. Um, Lebedev's yeah. in the league. Rightfully came last and second last. Um, I, d- I didn't actually see the meeting. I was hoping to, but other things got in the way. But yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone's surprised by the top four. But, you know, it's good to see Adam Ellis picking up a few points. Um, maybe, maybe hope for a little bit better. Um, yeah, uh, it was a. I don't know. It was a shame Dan Bailey wasn't there, eight to one, but we move. <laughs> We move. Yeah, I mean, what what was interesting about this one, Rob, is uh, as as we got towards uh, the top six, obviously made it through. The top two went straight to the final, and then the next four were in in a, a race off, effectively, with the top two going to the final. Um, but Oliver Burnson just missed out in seventh place on ten points, and it's very rare that that ten points isn't going to make it a semi final uh, place for you. Yeah, that is. Um, yeah, that's un- it's, it's quite unfortunate for Oliver there in in the end. You know, double figures is normally. Uh, more than enough to get you in, get yourself into a into a sort of runoff or a, or a semi-final place. But the field is quite strong. And in fairness to Oliver Burnson, who probably got a bit of stick on this um, show a few a few weeks back, obviously he was given the World Cup pick. You know, he's already sort of uh, paid back a bit of the face, bit of the face shown in him by the um, organisers to to have a strong round. Um, yeah, it's to be fair. Looking at the looking at the scorers, there are already you can see there's you know, you've got Mickelson, Madsen, Dudek. You're already looking at at riders that are already riders still that in the GPs at the moment. So, not necessarily a, a massive surprise to see them up there. Um, it's a, looking at the scores. It, it was a bit of a shame. Adam Ellis, obviously, um, well down in the end, obviously being the only Brit in the in the round due to Dan Beely not being not being there for that one. Um, yeah, it's it's. A bit of a shame to see him seem so low down, but I'm sure he, he'll come into it himself. But yeah, it's it, seeing plenty of GP riders in that in that top six is is not necessarily a surprise. And um, obviously, one one of the names uh, I was particularly looking out for, someone who's been on the show, Rasmus Jensen, um, who could probably count himself as pretty unlucky with the meeting that he had. Um, started off with a last, uh, picked up a win in his next one, and then looks set fair for a win in his third ride. Um, and then his bike packed up on the final bend, but he managed to coast round for a point. And then his his next ride, he blew another engine. So it was an expensive evening for Rasmus in the end, um, only picking up five points as well. But I think he can count himself unlucky not to be in them semi-finals as well. Yeah, for sure, mate. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, as you said, it's, it turned into quite an expensive evening for Rasmus, which is which is a bit of a shame. Um, yeah, but uh, judging by judging by the uh, his, his overall performance in the in the heats, he did finish, and um, I imagine he, he wasn't too displeased with how he performed, apart from the sort of mechanical problems. So um, I'm sure he'd, he'd score plenty of points, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's in a if he makes him makes a final or a semi final in the in the next round or so. Yeah, so 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 what we basically learned from the first round in Ribnik is uh, don't ever listen to my predictions because they're absolutely terrible, um, and. We're probably picking a winner from from Mickelson, Kolodziej, Madsen, or Dudek in the end. Uh, obviously, Smektala he rode well as well. Um, he finished on eleven. And Paulicki, who's coming back from a couple of broken shoulder blades as well, done well to finish on ten. And someone else, just to point out, Dimitri Berger as well, uh, finished on nine. He rode very, really well as well. Um, and just moving on to uh, obviously Dominic Kibera was a late replacement into the, the meeting itself for Dan Bewley. Um and probably something that everybody's seen, and we'll touch on it briefly now. Uh, it's been on social media quite a lot. Is the crash that Dan suffered 
uh, in the Rockslav uh, Chestakova meeting on Friday evening. Um, you, I'm sure you two have both seen it now, haven't you? Yeah. And, and just just how horrifying a crash it was, Kane. I know you were. You, I think you were. What were you watching the meeting? Oh, I know you showed me a video. One of the few ones I've seen of Dan this year, and that happened. It was a, yeah, it was a horrible looking crash as um, as they went into the first and second bend. I know uh, Dan got a, a bit of a push off. Um, Jonas Jeppesen um, going into the second bend and then Jeppesen seemed to catch the back wheel of rider in front and, and just it just took him off and Dan Bewley was a passenger basically and he landed on the other side of the safety fence but delighted to say um, he's actually not really suffered any major damage which is, is really surprising. Yeah, it, it, uh, it's good that he's not injured but it's one of them ones where you're not really sure how because we've seen crashes a lot less worrying than that and riders come off a lot worse but I think this week in general has been really bad for crashes we've seen a few um, there was obviously the Daniel Jelinowski one in Bidgosh there was another one today in uh, Niesno. Uh even just going back to last week Paul Starks Sheffield at, and, and Danny Kings you know it's maybe there was just... one in uh, there was one in Russia uh, at the beginning of June as well I think um, yeah. I can't remember the lad uh, who it was, or was it Italy I can't remember it was in Russia, he went yeah. over the safety tents as well and that was a horrible looking crash yeah um, maybe we are just looking a bit too much into it and there are crashes every week but these ones have seemed to stick out a lot more obviously you don't see someone's safety helmet come off like in Jelinovskis uh, so yeah it's a bit worrying but as far as I'm aware, none of them have been badly injured. I know Jelinowski's just got a, a, sm- a small cut on his head from being hit by the bike, but nothing said that he's like, you know, to to make, like, it's going to cause any major problems. And obviously, Bealey's just got badly bruising, really. So, yeah, I think both would consider themselves very, very lucky. Yeah. And- Moving on then from from some of the the, the bad parts of the sport, um, we move over to some of the uh, the better sides of the sport. And I say better, I mean in terms of um, some of the replacements uh, it, it, that come in, and a lot of the Newcastle riders uh, are involved in this. So those that have um, come in after Newcastle unfortunately folded. So we look at some of the changes that have been made, and and Paul Stark, um, he's come in to replace Kyle Newman at Oxford. Uh, Kyle had, had been suffering with some shoulder injuries um, and it, for me that, that seems like the right move for Oxford to bring Paul Stark in although he didn't have the greatest debut against Leicester um, I'm sure he'll pick up once he gets used to that Oxford track Rob he'll, um, he'll pick up some useful scores for them Yeah absolutely I thought it was. Um, I thought that was quite a shrewd move by Oxford um, Paul Stark is, is a pretty capable performer at, at championship level I think coming in you're having your debut on any track against this uh, this Leicester team is Unfortunate, and I think I don't. I, I don't think you want to read too much into into a performance against a team like that. I think Leicester are, I think Leicester. Um, are going to beat beat teams I home and away beat. quite regularly this season. So um, I think that's a. I think that's yeah. I think that's quite a clever move by Oxford. I think Paul Stark was what yeah was was likely to be one of the better performers in that Newcastle team. Um, so yeah, I think I, yeah. I like that signing quite a bit. I think that's that's a clever one. Yeah, and then another rider um, came, uh, this, this one at Scunthorpe this time. James Wright has been snapped up. Uh, he's replaced Tiro Arneo at Scunthorpe. Um, I think Tiro Arneo was carrying an injury as well. Um, 
he's got a broken vertebrae, unfortunately. And then there was also Jake Allen, who had a crash whilst riding for Sheffield at uh, Kings Lynn uh, the other week, and he's got a fractured scaffold. So they've they've moved to bring uh, James in, and I know he scored very well for Scunthorpe uh, last night. Um, they rode Edinburgh, um, uh, picked up a very good win, and and he had a good debut for him. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think James and Paul have been two of the real standout performers for Newcastle. Um, and then I know Terro Arnio's. I think he's had the with his long track commitments. It sort of made it a bit challenging with Scunthorpe, and adding on to the injury, it's. I think, like I said, it was a, sort of a no-brainer. Um. So yeah, it, it's good to see James back in aside as well. Obviously, I do like him because he's an ex-Workington rider. But so so's Terror, so I hope he comes back fit and gets a team. But yeah, no, it is. It's another good deal there for Scunthorpe. Um, it's two big performers, especially at home. Obviously, Terrell is, in my opinion, one of the best riders around Scunthorpe. And Jake Allen's not too bad either, you know. So hopefully James can pick up where he's left off against Edinburgh for them and keep the performances up home and away because, you know, they're on their push for the playoffs. So they will need big performances, and especially against teams around them. Yeah, definitely, and uh, and then the final change, which has has come uh, today, I think I heard this one this morning while I was at work. Uh, Max Clegg has uh, come into Leicester to replace uh, Anders Rowe. Um, Rob, this was for me. It's a it's a really good sign. And Max Clegg was riding at number three or four in the engine room for a struggling Newcastle team, and he now gets a stint at Leicester at reserve. Um, he rode for Leicester previously, I think, when the when the fast track uh, reserve. Uh, was in operation so it's a track that he's been to before and I think riding at reserve will help him as well yeah I think I think yeah. if we have I, th- I think if we could give a, a signing of the week award to anyone I would I would get I would probably suggest that that would be it I think Max Clay coming in at reserve when he was almost ra- racing as a third heat leader at Newcastle albeit in a struggling team is a great bit of business and I think Mac- Max Clegg is is you know, he's easily easily good enough to be a, a main body rider for for most teams in the championship. So for Leicester to be able to bring him in and bring him in at reserve, I think is a is a cracking bit of business. Um, I think it that's yeah. You, I think a, a, a strong reserve will win you a league title. Um, obviously, yeah. You know, with that with that Leicester team, it, you know, if he does really well, he's going to move up into the main body. But you, you always feel like they're going to have a really strong reserve, whoever's down there. So I think you know all. Although we already had them at the top in that in that playoff area, anyway, I think that signing sort of, in my opinion, probably guarantees it. I think that's a really, really, really good signing by by Leicester. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And um, just to, I think this one's just to finish off now in terms of, of signings. Um, uh, we spoke about Jake Allen uh, suffered a unfortunate fractured scaffold at Kings Lynn uh, the other week, and. Um, one name that I think we spoke about last week about was surprised that he's not in the Premiership yet. It was Justin Sedgman, and, and lo and behold, we come off air, and, and Sheffield must have been listening, and they go and get Justin Sedgman to replace Jake Allen, and again, Kane, that's that's a bit of good business for me. Yeah, um, obviously yeah, um, a former Sheffield rider as well, so um, I know a former Bellevue rider, so he might have a point to prove tonight, or depending when you're listening to this, he might have already proved it or didn't, so... If he didn't, then I didn't say anything. Um, <laughs> no, it, he's really on some good form this year. Um, so, yeah, it's another good signing. Um, obviously, signing Jake was a 
good deal in itself and then losing him is putting back on the back foot again so yeah you know it's it's good to always have seven riders and you know I think Justin is even his performances in the guests for Ipswich was it just Ipswich or some Ipswich or someone else um, I'm not sure but you know he's always had decent scores so yeah I'm sure it'll be something that he wants to make take full advantage of now getting the a full time spot and give him a bit of a headache to see who the pick when Jake Allen's back. Although ju- just to add to your point there, um, Kane about uh, Justin Sedgman having uh, wanting to prove a bit of a point as uh, obviously Sheffield are away at Bellevue. Um, a quick score update for you: he, Yeah, he's not doing that at the moment. He's yeah, gone uh, last last so far. Oh, double D. Uh, have you got a score up? You got I a score have... update at Peterborough, Rob? I will get one for you in a second. Um, I have a feeling at the he moment, Kings are winning. You don't you, you don't need to because I'm looking at it. Oh, Kingsley okay. Well, well, just just the more important meeting, the one that hasn't got Kingsley in is Bellevue thirty, Sheffield twelve. Um, While we're on the topic, I do have Wolverhampton Ipswich open, and it is Wolverhampton twenty, Ipswich twenty two. Eric Chris has got eight points from nine at reserve. So he's a, I think he's at reserve now. Yeah. Um, as for Kings, as for Kings Lynn, um, they currently lead nineteen seventeen at Peterborough. Um, Unfortunately, Michael Palm Toft has withdrawn from the meeting. Um, he's aggravated a shoulder injury, which, uh, Kane, I think we suspected that he wasn't at full tilt, and I think he's probably come back a little bit too early. Another rider with a suspected injury, Sam Masters. Um, he's, he's on a paid maximum, and he beat Jason Dolan in heat one. So he's, yeah. still, he's still quite all right. Doesn't matter. Uh, um, doesn't matter about injuries, clearly. He might have a gun on the right, but he's still pretty quick. Yeah, I think we we had um, Sam Master scored fourteen for Rowitz in uh, Poland at the weekend, uh, but he unfortunately called out for Edinburgh at Scunthorpe last night with a with an ankle injury, I believe. I, I think I read somewhere that it's too swollen to take an X-ray of at the moment. Um, I had initially heard that it might be broken, but uh, I, I, I suspect um, if he's riding with a broken ankle, he's doing pretty well, to be honest. Especially if he's peeing Jason Doyle as well. Mm-hmm. Little, uh, quick, little uh, interesting sort of stat going on here. In all, for all of Sheffield's talent in their in their team, you, of all the riders you think would have uh, won a race so far, the only Sheffield rider to have won a race is Rising Star Connor Mountain. Oh, so it's yeah, it's not it's not been a great night for Sheffield so far with with Jack Holder only having one from two heats. So it's quite I'm, yeah, it's quite a surprising score so far. I think um, someone touched on Jack Holder last week about. He doesn't seem as quick at the moment as he has done, um, particularly last season. Um, and his, his scores aren't that good in this country at the moment. But um, for any of our Paul he's, he's, League fans, he's, he is absolutely not that great compared to what he should be doing in Poland. I've heard. I've only seen him race like once. And you're you're the resident Polish expert as well. Am I? Oh no. Well, well, I've given you that role now. My as well mate, Wigdor well Pajemski, 15 point maximum. He's only like 18. Pretty good. <laughs> That's it. That's all I've got. Yeah. I think Kane's that's, the resident that's... Polish National League expert. Yeah, that's that's about all we've got for that one. Yeah. So, moving on. So, that, that covers uh, the... Um... The, the signings there'll be. We'll just cover over some more injuries that have occurred uh, during the course of this week. And um, a really nasty one for Jordan Palin uh, over at Bellevue uh, this week. I believe it was uh, 
there was an official GB practice at Bellevue last Thursday. Uh, Jordan had a particularly hefty bang on the head. Um, I believe he had a seizure at the track. Um, there were some other injuries as well. I think he had... Um, just reading up on it now, actually. I read this earlier and I forgot what it was. But it wasn't particularly... Yeah, a small bleed on his brain, but um, it, it, it's good to hear that he has been released from hospital. Um, only the the how good his helmet was has probably saved him from this from being worse than it could have been. So uh, glad to see that Jordan's up and about. But uh, one thing I want to touch on that is uh, I was reading through some of the comments um, on the post that Jordan had posted, and it was it's actually really good to see one from uh, Gary Stead. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, just saying, uh, just telling him to take his time, um, take at least three weeks rest. Uh, Speedway will be there when he comes back, um, so there's no need to rush back. And I think this is an interesting topic. Um, we, we talk about this, or people talk about uh, the head injuries and the concussion rules in football and, and rugby. And I think it's, it's really just as important in Speedway. So when there are bangs to the head, people, I think there needs to be certain protocol that because. I'm going to take an example. Um, Anders Thompson, I believe, withdrew. Um, he had a crash with, um, I want to say it was either Mickelson or Madsen in, in Denmark. And I believe he withdrew from the meeting with concussion. And he was riding back in Poland about four days later. Um, I don't know what you guys think. I just think there should be a mandatory period that riders shouldn't be riding, which I thought was in effect. But... Unless I'm wildly off the mark with this one, I think there should be a mandatory period where they have to sit on the sidelines uh, and take as much rest because a head injury is nothing to be messed about with. Yeah, I th- well, judging by that, I would suggest that it's possibly uh, only a rule in effect here in Britain. Um, judging by what, what you've just said, I, I wasn't aware of that um, until you just mentioned it. But yeah, I think I think you know, like a week just seems like a you know, a week minimum would just seem like. Um, a sort of common 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 sense sort of place to start isn't it um you know head injuries about you you, you see plenty of sort of uh precautions taken in football and you'd argue you know people is a much more dangerous sport than football um so for for certain countries to not have sort of a mandatory period for riders to to sit on the sidelines for a concussion is is mental really i think it's a bit well, it's pretty stupid and it's pretty dangerous so um, yeah, you would you'd imagine like a, a week would just be a good starting point, but yeah, a rider shouldn't be riding two or three days after a after a concussion. That's very silly, I think. And um, just on the back of that, um, there were some more crashes this weekend. Uh, I'll talk about um, Jordan Palin's place in the in the Test match, which is happening um, this weekend, I believe, in Glasgow. Also, it was the British Youth Championships rounds five and six this weekend, and there was a nasty crash in the one two fives for um, Adam Sadiq. I think I've said his name right, um, who broke his wrist, uh, his finger, and there was, he had a deep cut under his mouth as well. But it was it's good to see some images of him today smiling, um, happy little chappy. Um, good to see him out of hospital and and on his way home. But um, we wish him the best as well, and um, hopefully he can get back on a bike soon as well. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. It's yeah, it's a shame for for riders yeah, at, at sort of that age to be getting injuries like that. But I, I suppose it's sort of preparing them for what's probably going to happen once they're uh, professionals in speedway. You know, injuries are quite commonplace, aren't they? So, um, yeah, hopefully he has a really speedy recovery there. Yeah, and, and just another one uh, that came brought to us today. Um, obviously, Leicester had a 
a really big win against um, Berwick Bullets in the in the National Development League. It was the Knockout Cup semi-final first leg. Uh, um, the original first leg had been postponed, but uh, Kieran Douglas uh, had a nasty crash at Leicester and confirmed no injuries. So it's good to see that he's all right. But just touching on that meeting, uh, Kane, I'll come to you, resident National Development League expert. Um, obviously, well, Berwick, Berwick, well. Berwick have made a really strong start to the... Um, National Development League this year, but uh, I just sense that that performance by Leicester was just a a mission of intent, really, to to put their foot down on the league and and try and show people who's boss. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Leicester are quite good at home. I think, well, I think most people know that. Not by now, it's been a little while, but yeah, um, I think having Max Perry back made them even stronger as well. Obviously, tw- uh, paid fifteen. Uh, but I think Berwick might have just had a little bit of an off night as well. Obviously, Kyle Bickley only got eight. I think we all know he's a bit better than that. Um, um, Luke Krang, six. Luke Krang, six. Only, only person only to win only a heat for Berwick. Even you know, Greg, Blair, even four. Greg Blair, four. I think they all will be knowing that they could do a little bit better. Um, it would be really tough for them to overturn it. Obviously, the only one by... Only single digits single against Leicester at home. home, but you know the knock, the knockout cup isn't everything. You know, the, the league is what everyone wants to win, so it's far from over for them. You know, my, you know, every team has a hiccup now and then, and sometimes a result like this can turn it around. You know, you realise that you, you've got to be doing a little bit better, and it gives you the the ambition just to go that one step further. So. And I think it's obviously to beat Leicester, you will need to go that, that one step further. So good luck to them. I think it'll, on paper, it's a bad result. But yeah, but like I said, it, it could easily turn into something that works out well for them. And just uh, and then just finally on, on the injuries front uh, for this week, thankfully there isn't any more. Um, we, we talk about Richard Lawson. Um had a uh, report in the Bournemouth Echo uh, this week, the local paper in Poole. Um, he's been obviously suffering with a knee injury that he's had uh, since he had a crash at Ipswich for Kings Lynn uh, some time ago. Um, he's suffered some some pretty serious knee injuries, to be honest, some ACL injuries, a lot of fluid, a bit of damage to his patella as well. And he, he goes on to say that it does flare up during meetings sometimes. But... Um, he the, the adrenaline sort of sees him through these meetings. He's had MRI scans and he's basically he's just getting on with it, shall we say. Um, I've seen him hobbling around Kings Lynn quite a lot. It, it doesn't always look comfortable, but uh, I'm sure he'll be looking to get that sorted um, at the end of the season. Um, but I, I sense he's just going to get through this season with, with both Paul and Kings Lynn um, before he gets it sorted, Rob. Yeah, it's it, yeah. yeah. In terms of uh, riders riding with injuries, it seems to be a bit of a, a recurring theme. You know, it's it's sort of got back a little bit of a backtrack onto the on the concussion thing. You know, should there be a mandatory um, period of time out for riders with you know with injuries, anything anything like that? It's, it's obviously with in, in terms of speedway, it's it's easier for the riders to ride with an injury because of the uh, the adrenaline rush. I suppose it probably numbs it, but um, yeah, it's it's not ideal having uh, riders needing to keep riding despite having pretty major sort of leg injuries which is a quite common place so um again speedy recovery for richard lawson but i'm not sure how how fast that's going to be if he's uh riding all the time anyway but 
chaps that spear riders are sort of hard as nails these days aren't they sort of always have been so it's yeah um if you can keep riding with an injury then great i suppose but i suppose um yeah i don't think he's doing himself any favors in the long run no i mean i've got a splinter in my finger at the pub on saturday and that really hurts so I, I don't know if I could cut it as a speedway rider, to be honest with you. Yeah, I got a blister yeah, playing yeah. six aside football, and that was me out for a week. So don't realise I'm sitting running with me as we speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could donate for 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 my so I can sort my blisters out, guys, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure we can do that. There's there's plenty of GoFundMe pages going at the moment, so I'm sure we can set one up um, to help us out. Um, Moving on then, I think what I'm going to do now is go to a light-hearted part of the show and we're going to go on to the What versus Ludlow Challenge, I think. He says light-hearted, you but this light-hearted. is like the most I mean, it's light-hearted ever. for me because this is what I look forward to the most. Yeah, I bet you do because you just ask questions that You just let hard. us know because like, ourselves look stupid. I was going to say, I, I ask questions that I don't know the answers to. Well, in fairness, he doesn't really have to try too hard for us to make ourselves look stupid. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll give it a go. Anyway, we get on. anyway, so just to just to recap, Rob currently leads the series five seven five. Um, this quiz, um, actually, they were like London buses. The quiz this week, I suddenly went from having none to having three. So I, I got the choice to uh, of which one I wanted to pick. So what I have actually done is uh, Phil Steele. Um, uh, listener of the show, look at you two handsome lads. Oh, yeah. He has come up with a question this week, and I think what they've probably done is looked at it and thought Rob's getting too far ahead, so we need to peg him back a little bit. Great. So just to just to give you a little insight into what this might be. Really great. So, really great. Cheers, boys. So we've got eighteen answers in total, so not too many. What I want is, and this is Rob's favourite topic, winners of the National League since 1996. God. Oh. 18, 18 different teams, I believe. 18 different teams. I don't even think I can name 18 Lincoln. National League clubs. Ever. <laughs> Ever. What I will say is there's one that is very borderline whether I should accept both but that's the what only mean? I mean they could be classed as the same club but they've got different names that's all I'm going to say ah. so if you get me you'll probably get both answers so um, who who went first last week um, I think I did yeah I, thought, I think it's you yeah I think I, I think I went yeah I think I went first last week or did no I don't know I can't remember we'll I can't remember why you. did yesterday We'll start with you then, Rob. Okay. Okay, then. I guess it was me. <laughs> I guess it was you, mate. Um, all right, okay, I'll kick off. I'll, I'll, have, uh, I'll have uh, Mildenall Penn Tigers. Yep, good answer. Kane looks in trouble already. Buxton Hitmen. Buxton. They're on the list. Uh, Bellevue Colts. Is a correct answer. I want to say a team, but I'm like almost convinced they didn't actually win. Oh, oh, surely you've got another answer. Three teams in. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's only 17 and a half correct answers. <laughs> um, oh. Hmm. 
Oh no. They didn't win. You think Kent. it makes great radio? Did Kent one. win? Kent. My phone's gone off, mate. It's to the suspense. I'll just say they did win. That. Um, to me, to me, I think I might won it because I don't yeah. even know. How. Unfortunately, Kent haven't yeah. won. Oh, oh my word! How have you lost there? That's your, it's your league, man. It's, the, it's not it's, my league. It's not my league. You are the resident. Season. You are the resident. No, I, was, I haven't got I a clue about that, to say Workington, but we'll have to wait for the next season. Uh, my... the, two, the, two, the two. Oh, go on then, Rob. Have you got some more? Yeah, my next one I was going to say was Leicester, Leicester Lion Cubs. Yep, they're on there. Oh, uh, my God. Uh, I was going to say Kingsland Young Stars. No, they're not on there. Plymouth. Um, oh wait, I yeah. might have the double answer. Is it Plymouth? Eastbourne. I think Eastbourne might have won. Oh my god, Daniel Spiller as well. Yep, Eastbourne are on there. Um, Plymouth. 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 They aren't won. on there. Oh, they aren't. Uh, god. I. Scunthorpe. Mm, what Saints rather than the Scorpions? Yep. Scunthorpe. Uh, there was a there was a merged one, so Scunthorpe Stroke Sheffield were on there, um, and Scunthorpe were on there by himself as well. I remember both of those teams now as well. Um, you said them. The, the two that I, the two that I thought you that I gave you the hint Newport? towards was Dudley Dud, Dudley and Cradley. Nah, that yeah, is yeah. the same team. Yeah, yeah. Um, Newport yeah, was on there. Yeah, this, I was going to say Newport like, as well. So bad. I was not. I were on there as well. Yeah, I to be fair, I think, obviously I would have uh, I would have gone wrong with Kings Lynn, but other than that, the ones you the ones you said a lot were in my head. I was like, well, I'll just say the ones I'm so, very oh, sure. Bournemouth, Bournemouth were on Bournemouth. there. Oh, Bournemouth Buccaneers. Weymouth, Weymouth were on there. Weymouth Wildcats. St Austell, Peterborough, Linlithgow. I didn't even know Peterborough was one league team. Thundercats, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. Peterborough did, yeah. Pume, oh, was it? Yeah, could have been right. Could have, oh, I think put, that was both. Put me out of misery. Did the Sprockets win? No, I didn't even know Swindon the National League team. Yeah, Swindon Sprockets. Oh. I know they had the uh, the one-off meetings in like 2014. No, they used to have one in the early noughties. They had like oh. Ian Holloway. Uh, no, not Ian Holloway. Ian Holloway? Who's Ian Holloway? I can't believe I said that. Malcolm Holloway. <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, Malcolm Holloway was racing for the Sprockets in the early noughties, even though he was, you know, Oh, on he, he must. He was the same age as Giannis Kolodzias, I think. Yeah, he's probably not far off. What, he might even be a few years older than Nicky Pedersen. <laughs> oh, anyway, Rob so, uh, Rob extends his lead again. It's eight see, five. There, there, we, there we go. See, you can take that screenshot that you said you took earlier and you Delete can it. stuff it somewhere that the sun doesn't shine. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I've deleted it now. I'm, yeah. I'm over it. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll it next week, I'm not playing anymore. <laughs> I want an. What do you want next week? And I'll find it for you. I want an official apology on all the socials as well for doubting that I was going to win that one. Um, you'll probably you'll probably be waiting a while for that, but you maybe yeah. I'll wait. I'll a bit too much actually, but eight five is yeah. It's, it's getting a bit of a you know Swindon twenty. It's a Swindon twenty nineteen score, and it? it's beginning it's like a cricket score now. Ah oh, yes, the famous speedway score of eight five. <laughs> <laughs> Right, now that we've moved on from that, we'll move on to something else that Rob's done actually pretty well at this week as well, which is our prediction league. Oh, yeah. And um, Rob, Rob became the first person to score a three-pointer 
Just keep the, piling uh, on the praise, boys. I'm my my ego. I'm not going to get out of my room here. <laughs> Oxford, Oxford versus Leicester this week um, was our meeting of the week, and uh, Rob correctly guessed forty-seven, forty-three. Uh, myself and Kane both got a point because well, we got because we well we got halfway then. We we predicted that Leicester might actually win, uh, but Rob, well done to you. You are on eleven points, level with me. Kane, you're on eight, so you're you're behind in that as well. It's okay. Well, well done, it's okay. I'm, if you if you get any further behind, we will be opening up to a new co-host. I think. Oh God. Yeah, applications within. Sacking, sacking's could be on the way. It's finally right. time. I can finally, finally leave. Leave. <laughs> we need a new reserve, boys. Um, I'm just looking at. Now we've said all this, I'm just looking at Kane's predictions for the league. You've got you Plymouth top of the national. You've got Plymouth top of the national development league. So. <laughs> They'll, they'll win. All right, no, Reece Neal is going to get a top on average. Okay, okay. All I'm going to we'll say is, to... don't matter. He's doing, doing pretty well with Plymouth in the National League. You know, they're storming away with one win out of seven. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's absolutely fine. Absolutely I got last place, correct? Um... We'll move on to this week's predictions then and see if Kane can improve. We've got two meetings, two meetings this week to try and predict. So we'll we'll go to what will be our meeting of the week this week, which is the clash between Edinburgh Monarchs and the Pool Pirates in the Championship. So Kane, as I'll let you go first this week because as you didn't have a prediction last week, I'll let you go first this week. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks. Really appreciate that. We need to get you back into this, so I suppose I am feeling sorry for you a little now, bit. No, the thing is, last time I didn't actually think about it, so this week I also have not really thought about it. So <laughs> I'm just going to say Edinburgh will win. Um, I'm not really sure what score, so I'm just going to say 75 15. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Good luck, have fun. If this is correct, I want 10 points. I'm putting 75-15 in Is that your prediction? Yes, up the Monarchs. 75-15 against Paul. I mean, if it does happen, I I would love it, but... Have you promised Ryan Anderson or Ryan Mitchell anything recently? No, but that is a shout-out to Ryan Mitchell and Ryan Anderson. They bugged (laughs) you a tenner each, didn't they, to say that? I wish. (laughs) I'll I'll come to you next, Rob, because I think this might be slightly easier for us this week. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I was—I think it's quite a tough one to call. If I'm being honest, like um, you know, on paper you put down the pool team as being slightly stronger, but Edinburgh at home have been have been pretty good. So I'm probably going to go with Kane on an Edinburgh win. Actually, you're saying um, 75-15 as well? No, I'm not oh. going to say 75-15. He's bottled it. I'm going to say, I'm, yeah, I'm going to say 70, <laughs> yeah, seventy-four sixty. No, um, that typed in. I'm going to go for the old reliable that got me three points last week. I'm going to say 47-43 to Edinburgh. Oh, it's not a bad shape. I like that. Uh, which way am I going to go? Well, I'm going to complete the set and go for an Edinburgh win. It's probably closer to Rob's score than I will do Kane's, to be honest. Um, <laughs> full seven out for Edinburgh now. Um, they are riding well at home. Masters and... Pickering probably won't score as many as what they have done. Not against Lawson, King and Worrell. Actually, I might change my mind. No, I'm not. No. Yes, I am. 
I'm, I'm now thinking about it, but their reserves aren't that good. With respect. I'm going to go Edinburgh, 46-44. Ooh, very, very tight. I think it'll be tight, but I, I think Pickering and Masters will get them over the line in the end. I will just say, yeah. one to watch there is uh, Drew Kemp, reserve for Poole. So, but obviously, you know, because I've said 75-15, he won't beat anyone. But Drew Kemp's not a reserve anymore, is he? Is he not? Well... No, I sure. think he's moved into the main body of the team now. Eh? We'll get to that later, won't we? That, when we yeah. go over the new averages, which I clearly have not yeah. looked at. Yeah, so we'll, we'll go over them again in a minute. Um, um, I'll just, one... just sorry to sorry to interrupt. Actually, I'm just uh, just on the topic. This one seems this uh, episode seems to be a topic of crashes, but um, just seen. Um, yeah, there's been another one in Poland um, at Gnezno. It's Andrei Ngala's had a pretty hefty. Um, off on the back straight, heading into the bend three. He's uh, yeah, he's not been given a lot of. Re- I mean, it looks like he's got off the bike with plenty of time, yes, and he slid into the air fence, which is obviously better than sliding into the fence on the back straight. But yeah, it's not a great one again. It's a, yeah, it seems to be a week of pretty bad crashes. So hopefully, Adrian Gar he was racing for Gdansk in that one. Um, yeah, hopefully he's uh, he's okay. But I, I can't see anything in the comments. But yeah, I've just seen it, and uh, yeah, it's not a it's not a great crash actually. Well, no crash is great, but yeah, it's um. I it's didn't mention nice. that one before. Did you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'm just re- I'm just re-mentioning it. Oh, okay, that's fine. I didn't hear that earlier, but, but I forgot I forgot what it was. So I just said there was a crash in uh, Nesno. Uh, Nesno. Oh. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh, I thought you said Lesno. There might have been one in Lesno as well. I don't know. No, no, I, yeah, I've, I've got the same one. There was, I think we just, there was an issue I think the in the Lesnar match the... that we know about with uh, tear gas or something, but... I think the pronunciation of the um, place is might have thrown me off a bit there. Yeah. Our it's Polish okay. pronunciations aren't great, so... That was, that was nearly as bad as mine. Paul Licky. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's... I, I want to say, I, I'm pretty sure it's Ganejno, you know? I, I think... I think. Yeah, I'll go along with that. I don't know. Yeah, I'd go along with that. But yeah, anyway, yeah, Adrian anyway, Gala had a quite bad crash, crash this evening. It doesn't look great, but it's great. It looks slightly better than Beauty's, although any crash probably looks better than Beauty's. So yeah, hopefully, um, Adrian Gala's okay. Yeah, best wishes to him, and hopefully he is okay. But uh, we have another meeting this week um, as our for our predictions um, on the BSN network. Uh, this week will be the third round of the Premiership pairs coming to you from Kings Lynn. So yay, I'll be there. Um, <laughs> so I'll come. I'll come to you first for your prediction, Rob. Um, and uh, who's going to win in this one? I'm uh, slightly out of the loop, actually, mate. If you could um, fill me on on who the uh, who the what the lineup is, because I'm slightly out of the loop on this one. To be to be perfectly honest, I only know one pairing, and that's Kings Lynn. That's the only one I've heard so far. Okay, well, who have you got? Out, then? We've we've got Lawson and Pickering again. Lawson and Pickering. I haven't heard anyone else's pairings. I'm pretty sure Adam yeah, Ellis is riding. I would imagine that Ellis and Muslak would ride for Sheffield, if I'm brutally honest. I can also yeah, confirm I will not be riding for Peterborough, because I don't ride for Peterborough. Or anyone else for that I think, I think it's fairly certain that Pantoff won't be there, and it'll probably be Harris and A.N. Other, that famous <laughs> rider. Rider um, replacement. 
Yeah. It probably would be. It wouldn't be a British speedway meeting that rider replacement. It could be a guest. That's actually a, a good point, though. Who would Peterborough pick? Um, based on, I would assume it would be Hans Anderson based yeah, on Yeah, I, I would probably yeah, lean but... towards Hans Anderson. But... It's a hard one. Ostergaard and Nichols didn't score very well there last time, so I would mm. assume... And in fairness, nobody, in fairness, no one at Peterborough seems to be scoring very well at the moment, so yeah. um, it's quite a tough one to pick. Um, I would assume Masters and Douglas, depending how fit Masters is. Um, if not, it'd be Nick Morris, but yeah, uh, I would, Bellevue, be... Bellevue would probably go with, what, Zagar and Kurtz or Frick and Kurtz? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd probably go I suppose, Zagar and Frick, wouldn't you, I suppose? Yeah, I would, yeah. You know, I'm you know just by going on names, but I mean you'd like to think that Wolf, Wolverhampton might give Masters the night off just to have just to give him a bit of a rest with his with a current injury. I don't, you know, it would be the probably the best time to give him a night off. But which, which one of you two is going to go Kings Lynn then? Oh, need of us hundred percent. Well, I can't speak for Kane, but I'm definitely not going for Kings Lynn. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, assuming they pick. Uh, Ellis and Mijak. I'm going to go Sheffield. I'm just going to make it very easy because I'm going Sheffield as well. <laughs> Despite the fact that Sheffield are getting a tonking tonight by 24. Yeah, I know, but, but but them two were pretty quick at Kingsland, so yeah, different track. Yeah, I'm going to go with them. So I'm going Sheffield. I'm trying Thanks. to convince myself not to pick Sheffield now because <laughs> I do need to make some points, which is why I went 75-15. But um, but you're not going to get any points for that, though, are you? I'll get one. I'll well, you get one, but I don't. That's not. That's, that's not going to pull you back any further, is it? Be really especially yeah. I, I mean, I, to I'm be honest, if it's seventy-five fifteen, I will eat my words. But right, I'm not convincing myself. I am. I am. I'm going to say. I'm going to say Kingsland. Kingsland are going to win at Kingsland. Oh God! You've let the team down. I'm going to give you a point. One of us has to support Kingsland. It's clearly not Nathan. If Kingsland race Sheffield in the final, I'll still be supporting Kingsland. But for the sake of a point, I'm, I might go Sheffield. Look at that. His principles of his own team go out the window for a point. <laughs> See what? Nathan's get over you two, guys. <laughs> Thursday night, Premiership pairs over at Kings Lynn. Obviously, uh, who's in the lead? Kings Lynn is still in the lead at the moment, I believe. Joint I first. Who's in the lead. Um, are we joint first with Ipswich still? I believe. I think. Um, yeah, I, think you're I believe you're joint just first. Just in general. Yeah. No, I believe you're joint. Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think after Ipswich is winning the last round, I think. You're yeah, joint first. I, I might have looked at it before they added the new result. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty certain I've seen us in joint first, and Sheffield aren't too far behind either. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But um, where are we going over to next? Oh, I'll give you. Would you like a, a, a score update from the Bellevue Sheffield beam? I can give you that. on the doors. So it, the walls uh, open. So Bellevue Sheffield after eleven heats is forty-five twenty-one now, and Connor Mountain is still the only Sheffield rider to have won a race. Um, Justin Sedgman has run three last. Jack Holder has got two from three. Craig Cook's got six from four. Tobias Mujilak, three from three. Carl Howarth, one from three. And Adam Ennis, four from three. So, not only is he's he's paid the top scorer as well, Connor Mountain, so he's having a good night. It's just a shame for his teammates who aren't having a very good night. Well, um, from Peterborough, Kingsland are still in the lead at the interval. 
34-32. So, and we've only got three points for Iverson tonight. Iverson, Iverson, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it is, it's He's it's, not there, so it's pretty matter. tight down in the black country, though. Wolverhampton Wolves, 30. Ipswich, which is 30. Eric Reese has only dropped one point in four rides. Sam Mass is still unbeaten after three rides. And Steve Rowell has gone for two wins and a paid win after a last place. So, it, it's pretty tight. Obviously, they've got four points from Ryder of Pleasant for Paul Stark as well. Douglas has had a crash. Um, I'll just see if it's serious or not. He, but even then, he's only got paid two from his three rides. Um, doesn't say he's withdrawn or anything, so I think he's okay. So, um, yeah, it could be a, a tense ending over here. Cheers, Jeff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. For that. So, so um, just concluding the fixtures that we've got coming up, the British Speedway Network this week, we've got uh, obviously the Premiership pairs on Thursday night. The following night, they're off up to Scotland um, for our meeting of the week, which is Edinburgh Pool. The following night, it's staying in Scotland. It's Berwick against Pool, um, and then next Wednesday, uh, Berwick are on again. They're away to Oxford this time. Um, and then Saturday the 16th of July, we're, we're at Leicester for the meeting against Edinburgh. So plenty coming up on the British Speedway Network. Um, I know they've had a, had some problems with, with waterlogged tracks and, and et cetera, et cetera. So, and, and they want to give everyone a fair crack at the whip on the uh, streaming channel. So um, some interesting fixtures there to look forward to on, on the British Speedway Network. Um, where should we go to you now? Some good news coming out of uh, your neck of the woods, Kane. It's up north. Is, we, it, uh, is we it directly some... by me or just north? Directly by you. Ooh, um, is it so is something to do with 66.24? It, it certainly is. So um, could it be? we had a video come out this week of Steve Lawson uh, trying out the new Northside track and setting the new track record, which, as Kane points out, 66.24 Kane. I know. I did read that he wanted to get below 80 seconds and he's just about done it. So well done, Steve. <laughs> I know Andrew Bain had a spin as well. There's a, a small clip of that, but yeah, it's. I didn't see it. I'll I'll send you it later. It, it's not much. The main one was just it, obviously Steve setting the the record, but um, I think Dan Billy's dad might have been there as well because obviously Dan's bike was there. Um, I did read an article and I've forgotten now. But um, yeah, yeah. Speedway is now back, sort of. Well, not really, but it's coming. Yeah, it's it's good to see, um, and we're all looking forward to Speedway returning to to Workington. Hopefully, see some meetings before the end of this season. But from from what I saw, superb looking track, and I can't wait to see um, how that progresses over the next few months. Um, all, all I'm going to say though we, is, if we sign Steve Lawson, Jack O'Irvin, and Andrew Bain as the bottom three, we might just about fit Dan Bulian at number one. Um, <laughs> you, you could probably fit Craig Cook in there as well if you wanted him. Mate, it's an all Cumbrian team. I'm telling you. Richard Lawson, then. Absolutely. The strongest top three in National League Speedway. So just moving on, then, to... Um, uh, we were talking about uh, Dan Bewley, Craig Cook. We've got a meeting, a Great Britain versus the rest of the world meeting at Glasgow on, on Saturday afternoon. Um, and a change to the lineup, the original lineup, with Jordan Palin now having to withdraw through injury. So uh, Robert Lambert has now become available. Um, adds a new aspect to the Great Britain squad um, with Bewley, Charles Wright, Craig Cook, Kyle Howarth, Rob Lambert, and Tom Brennan 
up against the rest of the world side of Jason Doyle, Norik Blodorn, Max Frick, Luke Becker, Rasmus Jensen and Dylan Rummel. So interesting lineups there, Rob. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, if you were, if you had to make a change in the GB team to, to have Robert Lambert coming in for Jordan Palin, definitely makes the team much stronger. No disrespect to Jordan Palin, but um, yeah, it's that I, I did sort of fear. I thought Great Britain might have uh, um, struggled possibly against that rest of the world team. I think with Doyle, Frick and, and Jensen in their side and, and, and Luke Becker, who goes well over here as well. Um, I thought it, they might have struggled with, with Lambert in the team. It, you know, it looks like that's going to be quite a tasty match. And I think, um, uh, yeah, I think it'd be difficult to predict who's going to win that one. Um, yeah, I like the look of the, the, the of both teams. So I think that'd be a, a very close one. And you, Rob, uh, Kane, sorry? I, I honestly can't tell who wins now. I did. I was under the same belief as Rob that GB might have just sort of fell short a little bit, but Rob Lambert, is easily capable of banging a max there if he's got the bike set up right. Um, you know, Bewley as well. Tom Brennan's not bad because he bad. rides for Glasgow, he's as does Craig Cook, and then Kyle Howarth as well, Charles Wright. So, all rides capable of scoring points. And then I think Blowdown may be a bit. He's sort of the unknown for the rest of the world because I don't know if he's actually been to Glasgow before. Doyle can score points anywhere. Frick's been there. He's a lot better now, so you'd expect him to be up there. Becker might have limited experience, but I'm sure he would have raced there before, maybe for the GP Challenge or something from last yeah. season or the season before. I mean, obviously, Rasmus used to ride for them, and Dylan Rummel's been there about 18,000 times this year, so <laughs> it it should be a really good meeting. I think the I think there's possibly maybe like one little question mark maybe is is Bewley definitely going to be there for that one? I would assume it's, it's, it's this so. Saturday. I, I would assume he is going to be there if it's just obviously with that crash it is just a yeah. bit of bruising, but oh well, yeah, a bit of bruising. But um, you know, is that a, is that a question mark? Do you think he'd definitely ride? I think he was hoping so. Yeah, I think he was hoping to ride for in. No, he wasn't. Never mind. I'm looking. I don't know. He might, or he might not. Whether he does or doesn't, the, the Speedway will be the real winner. And that, is some, drive that, is some quality, that is some quality sitting on the fence. That is. Speedway drivers. Yeah. But um, the, the meeting itself obviously takes place at Glasgow on Sunday. Tickets are still on sale, £22. Um, I, I don't know if that strikes you as good value. Um, I, I just find £22 for a Speedway meeting quite expensive, but it's not a Grand Prix event anyway. But that's just my... Yeah. Yeah. What, what I probably uh, I'm a bit we'll do, anyway. So. What I will do very quickly is just to correct Nathan there. It's Saturday, not Sunday, at three o'clock. Don't turn up on Sunday. So don't please yeah, don't, don't turn up on Sunday expecting to pay twenty two pound to see a test match. If you do, Nathan, you, you will refund you personally. Yeah, Nathan Obviously. might refund you personally if you, you turn up. Yeah, I've just I've just given everybody this listing of wrong information. So thanks, Rob. It is on Saturday afternoon, not Sunday, but it is still twenty two pound. We did get the price right. The price. Well, you yeah. got the price right. You got the bit that you were angry about, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the important bit. Um, but uh, yeah, twenty-two pound does seem. Yeah, maybe. Mm, yeah, it's a little bit steep, isn't it? Maybe. Um, yeah, you know, anything up to twenty pound is. You know, once you hit the twenty pound mark for a, for a speedway meeting, I think it's can be. It's a bit pricey. Um, mm. 
but I imagine there, I imagine there's going to be a, a very healthy crowd anyway. So yeah, I, I think there's, there's, some, there's some riders that you won't normally see in this country coming back. So um, there'll be a big crowd there. There's no doubt about that. So um, uh, where should we move on to next? Um, we'll have a look at the league tables now as they stand, and we'll, we'll bring you some news as we're going through the league tables as well. So just having a quick quick look at the National Development League. Um, Berwick Bullets still sit top, uh, five points clear of the Leicester Lion Cubs. We've got. Uh, two matches in hand on them still um, and then Oxford uh, find themselves in third uh, largely boosted by uh, Luke Colleen coming into the side um, he's also made a couple of guest appearances in the championship so he's coming on leaps and bound at the moment and then there's there's Bellevue and then there's a bit of a gap to Kent who have only rode three themselves and then there's Mildenhall, Plymouth and Armadale but uh, Kane, another late one that's come onto the agenda today Kane um Plymouth have signed Reese Naylor, Ben Phillips, and David Abraham um, for their squad. A few names: Reese Naylor is someone uh, that I know a little bit about, and Ben Phillips has been there a while as well. Um, but uh, certainly, the uh, David Abraham I've not heard a lot of. Uh, yeah, me neither. The first time I heard of him was when I saw that Plymouth had posted the, the, this change. So, but. He's done some laps around Plymouth and he's impressed the management. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's great to see some teams giving riders chances. Um, chances. Um, I, I was actually quite I, surprised with how well Reese Nelly did in his return. And I'm actually glad to see him back in the spot. And then Ben Phillips as well. Um, as well. Um, he's guested for them a couple of times with, for Henry Atkins since he's quit. And He's picked up a couple points here and there, so having the full-time spot can only make it better for him and hopefully Plymouth as well. Uh, I won't beat around the bush. The team that they have now is a bit below the current league standard, but I don't think you, they could have prepared for what happened with um, obviously Dan Jokes and Henry Atkins leaving. That is probably your top two. And on the average that Henry was it was almost impossible to replace him as proven because they have they've said that publicly and by the amount of time it's taken them to actually find a replacement. So I think they just have to write this season off and, you know, it is a development league, so just focus on development riders. But I was a bit surprised to see Connor King and Eli Meadows have left. Um, I'm not sure if it was a mutual agreement or what, but uh, I, I thought both of them were doing quite well. They weren't. They weren't like you know banging in twenty one point maxims or anything, but they weren't disgracing themselves. So, steady, steady, I'd call them. Yeah, you know they weren't off the pace or anything. They, I thought they were doing what they needed to do. Um, but you know there could be more to that than we know. Maybe they they wanted to be released or whatever. You know nothing's been said and I haven't heard anything. So a bit surprising, yeah. 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 Um, as we move up to the championship now. Um... Obviously, with Newcastle's results being expunged from the league, uh, there's a slightly different makeup to the to the championship itself now. But Leicester still find himself with a ten point advantage over Glasgow in second, uh, Paul in third. Uh, both of those teams have three meetings in hand on Leicester, and, and Plymouth are doing really well in fourth. They've got four meetings in hand on Leicester, and then for the rest of the playoff positions, we see Edinburgh, Scunthorpe, Redcar all fighting out. And then um, it looks like Oxford uh, Oxford are just getting a little bit cast adrift at the moment with Birmingham and Berwick at the bottom as well. But uh, injuries have certainly played their part in, in this league. Um, I, I, 
I look at Berwick and think that they've had a lot of injuries this season, and but I find Plymouth in fourth as well suffered probably more than most with injuries this season, and they're they're doing really well up there. But I always thought they would with the top four that they had. Yeah, um, and, and still being know. able to use Edward Kennett rider replacement and a guest still amazes me. But I don't know if this has actually happened, but I read somewhere that even though he hasn't rode since the start of the year, when the new averages came out, his average was going up because the way they've done the rolling averages, I think it was one of his scores from about 2017 were being taken off, so it was really confusing. I don't know if it did happen or not, because like I said, I haven't actually had to look at the averages properly, but something that probably needs looked at if it did. Yeah. Yeah. Certainly, yeah. Sorry, I was just look. I was just looking at the Kings Lynn score there because it's the strangest heat thirteen I've ever seen in living history. What's happened? Um, a dog well, was running across the track. Is it like a nil-nil? Jordan Jenkins was in it. He come in for Hans Anderson. I don't know how bad Hans Anderson's riding, but I think they brought Jordan Jenkins in so that they can put Benjamin Basso in heat fourteen because it's a really tight meeting down there. Forty thirty-eight to Kings Lynn at the moment. Uh, well, Basso's in heat fourteen anyway. Yeah, they had to bring Jenkins in for a third ride, so they brought him out in Heat 13, which seems a little bit harsh on um, Hans Anderson, to be honest. Should we we get some more score updates from around the country? Yep. You Um, you two go to your tracks before I move on to the Premiership table. Okay, so at the moment in Manchester, after 13 heats, uh, it is still a a pretty heavy defeat at the moment. It's definitely going to be a heavy defeat for Sheffield Tigers there, 51-27 behind. Um, they have got another race win. Jack Holder uh, did win Heat 13, um, which has ruined the prospect of a Matty Zagar maximum. So I can't imagine Matty's going to be very pleased about that. But yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty pretty awful away performance so far from Sheffield, or could be the case that Bellevue have just been very, very good tonight. But um, they've definitely got a bit of, definitely have plenty of strength to reserve. Norwich Blowdowns. Um, got paid eight from four rides, so and Brady Kurtz is on a maximum as well. So uh, yeah, it's it's not a good night for for a Sheffield team that you'd have, you'd have thought would have gone a little bit better um, at Bellevue. As I said, just two race wins all night is 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 not very good so far. But yeah, fifty one twenty seven at Bellevue at the moment. Speaking of strength at reserve, Ipswich have scored seventeen points. Wolverhampton have scored three at reserve. Ooh. And it is proving its point because it's which now have a two point lead, thirty seven thirty-five. Eric Chris has got fourteen. Three, six, nine. Yeah, fourteen. Um Jason Doyle has got two wins after his second place. Sam Masters still, you know, on a three ride maximum. Oh no, he's just been beaten. I do tell a lie. It's thirty seven forty one now. Sam Master has just been beaten by Jason Doyle in Heat 13. So it strikes strikes me as a little bit of a familiar story with the Wolves reserves. Not not wanting to bash them too much, but um, they've always seemed to have been outscored uh, the Wolverhampton reserves wherever they go this season. Yeah, it's it's a continuous issue, but it is. I suppose with it being young, the young riders, they might this they don't have the same experience that they do obviously with Eric Riss Eric Riss isn't really a reserve yeah. in this league but I get what you mean yeah um, and again it, it, obviously losing at home is absolutely vital to making the playoffs you, you can't be dropping points at home so uh, yeah but 
Kemp might just do around the boards and completely prove us wrong and win Heat 14. So, who knows? But it, it, Heat 14 could be a bit sketchy for Wolves because Ryan Douglas only has paid two. Drew Kemp only has two. Um, I'm not sure who... It'll be Troy Batcher and Ryder replacement who's had four third places, three of them being paid seconds. And I would assume they'd put Eric Chris in Heat 14 as well. He's got one race left, but Daniel Hume's got three from four. So it could be all over for Wolves in a second. I mean, this is this is good for the for the league itself. What it does is it will tighten it up a little bit. Sheffield currently sit top. I do have um, confirmation that Troy Bachelor is in right placement and Eric Risk goes in yellow for Daniel Hume. So, panic I mean, stations, three possibly. Points, three points separating those top four in the league and with Sheffield getting a heavy defeat um, at Bellevue, that sort of evens that part of it up. And then Wolverhampton and Ipswich being a tight meeting. It, what it does mean is that Kingsland or Peterborough, both of them really need a victory tonight. Um, just looking at Heat 14, um, Kingsland have brought Jorgensen in for Louis Kerr, along with Jason Edwards against Nichols and Basso. Um, refreshing because I need to know. It's it's 42-42 going into a, a oh. Heat 15. Oh, tight one. I mean, yeah, you look at the table, looking at the table as I'm it stands. Looking at, <laughs> looking at the table as it stands, if uh, Ipswich take three points so obviously they're going to go above they'll go above Sheffield um, your Bellevue are going to go above Wolves um, and possibly Sheffield as well depending on points difference so um, Sheffield could, could end the night fourth um, and be closest to you guys sorry they're, they're going to end the night third as it stands at the moment so yeah I think if uh, Kingsley really needed well both Kingsley and Peterborough are absolutely desperate for a win here I think a yeah, draw doesn't really suit either team at all. I don't. I don't um, think super heats is going to be very helpful to either of us here. So no, yeah, so uh, super heats. Yeah, that's not enough points. I think. Um, I think if you can, if you can get yourself a, you get yourself three points there. You know, you're still seven points adrift of the playoffs, but that's not. Yeah, that's not quite as bad as it's looking at the moment. So. Things then will still have a couple of meetings in hand, but those couple of meetings mean nothing if you're not winning them. So, it is important that that teams at the bottom there start winning soon. Um, and for my sake and my heart I hope it's Kings Lynn to be honest but I don't know what could happen in the next five minutes if Kings Lynn lose so yeah we might have to we might be off air for a little while <laughs> we might be off air for good but they'll be smashing yeah. and screaming and everything <laughs> so moving on from the league tables themselves then we look at um, the averages and I'm going to start with the premiership averages purely because of something a little bit different has happened uh, this week and it's uh, a rising star has elevated himself into the main body of the team so at Bellevue Tom Brennan effective as of uh, last week um, finds himself moving up to a number two position in the team so which obviously means Jai Efridge and Norwich Blowdorn are now the reserves for Bellevue Um just come to you, Rob. I don't know what your thoughts are on this. Um, purely because I thought, for me, the, the Heat 8 was a, a protected Heat to protect the rising star. Now, I know Brennan's riding at two, but in a, in essence, does Tom, can Tom Brennan not ride anywhere but number one? Now? So so then it takes the point away of a protected Heat. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one. I did see someone um, posted said that they thought the rising star was at reserve all season, which is would have made a bit more sense to me as well. I don't, you know, I understand the, the, the way the averages work in the British league, but 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for a rising star to move up into the main body as they're a rising star. You sort of, yeah, you relook, yeah, you, know, you sort of revisit their average at the end of the season and then into next season's team building. But it, it seems a bit strange, you know. The, uh, the six and seven in Poland are both under twenty-one poles, I believe, and they stay there all season. So it's, um, it's, um, yeah, I, I, it doesn't yeah. make a lot of sense to me. I don't know why you have a rising star position who then gets a protected heat in heat eight to them who ends up in the main body of the team if their average is high enough i, yeah, I don't know you sort of revisit that and then you know if they if they've got an average that uh, is too high to be in a rising star or sorry if they have an average at the end of the season that would mean they were in the top five they're not necessarily a rising star anymore are they so you would yeah. that they would move out of that and just be a main body rider and then a team would have to sort of take a punt on them i suppose but i i do have Big news, big exciting news. Unless you're from Wolverhampton, um, Ipswich, Wol- Ipswich Wolves, Ipswich Witches, forty-six, Wolverhampton Wolves, thirty-eight. Troy Bachelor doing Troy Bachelor things and just winning Heat fourteen after getting four third places. Um, Eric Chris has got paid seventeen at reserve. I think wow. that that is all you have to say. Is, yeah, that's yeah. A, that's one of the meeting that, isn't it? Mm. I think what what is interesting is there's the strength of the reserves now. If you look at Eric Riss at Ipswich, Thomas Jorgensen at Kings Lynn now, Benjamin Basso still at reserve for Peterborough, Justin Sedgman's now at reserve for Sheffield. There's a lot of strong reserves out there. Yeah, it's, yeah, Sorry, mate. Um, yeah, I, I think it's I think the way that all the teams are built this year is that they have sort of gone down the Peterborough road of last season where. They're all sort of that that mindset of having a of having a good reserve every week, apart unless you're Wolverhampton, of course. Um, I think they, they, that's how they, a lot of teams seem to have built their team. Um, even with Sheffield, yeah, you know, even with Sheffield, sort of with the names that's in Sheffield's team, that you know, their number five in their in their averages at the moment is Carl Howarth, and if he used to drop down to reserve. He'd be, you know, again, you'd say that's that's easily one of the best reserves in the league. We've got Justin Sedgman's at reserve, who's. You know, probably a main body rider, but yeah, you know, a half decent second string in the in top division. So I think a lot of the way a lot of the teams have built their teams this season has as, as made as sort of caused that the the reserve positions end up being quite strong in case your rising star doesn't really hit the hit the ground running as it as possibly yeah, you know, and as Roe had hadn't had a great, great start at Ipswich or or whatever, and obviously Wolverhampton have got real problems at reserve. So reserve, so yeah, it's I think that's just how the teams are built this season. Yeah, definitely. And uh, anything else strike you from the from the Premiership side of the averages, Kane, or shall we move on to the national uh, the Championship now? Um, I'm, I'll be honest, I was too busy was looking at the the Ipswich score, so we'll just say no. They all look fine. <laughs> um, so then, just looking over to the the, the Championship averages, um. Just having a look, Josh Josh is actually now number one in the Birmingham averages, and he's not rode for about three months. <laughs> Pretty stupid, <laughs> <few>, isn't it? <laughs> I'm not sure how that one works. Yeah, but as you were saying, I think well, Ben Barker now moves to number one for Plymouth, uh, just above Kennett. But uh, as you, as I think it was you, came mentioned Kennett's average has actually increased slightly. Um, Cameron Heaps is moving down to Oxford's reserve berth. Um, as I, as I mentioned earlier, Drew Kemp is now moving into the main body of the team and Ben Cook drops down to reserve. So I'd like to think that that would make him quite strong at home. 
um, or particularly at home anyway. And uh, looks like Adam Roynan is dropping down to reserve as well at Redcar Kane. So didn't have to mention that. <laughs> I just thought I would. It's not the end of the world dropping down to reserve. It, it can be of great help to some people. You're right. Adam Roynan will win the Premier League Riders Championship, baby. He'd have to be in it first. Yeah, I think being a reserve might cause him an issue. It's the championship, man. Wildcard, isn't it? Let's get our terminology right. It'd be like uh, Oliver Burnson pick from the European Championship. They're just going to pick Adam Roynan for the yeah. sake of picking Adam Roynan. <laughs> then you're uh, he's come right, isn't he? He is. He's, uh, maybe they just you know the BSPL just decided they need a Cumbrian in, in the Riders Championship. Right. Right. Or another Cumbrian. Richard Lawson and Craig Cook just simply aren't enough. That's what I mean. It's just not enough Cumbrian. Yeah. yeah. So million dollar question: Do either of you know who the number one is in the National Development League? Who's top of the averages? Kyle Bickley. Well, it's done jokes actually, but oh. as he's not right, it's actually Jordan Jenkins. Oh. Um, at Oxford. Um, finds himself on just above a 10-point average, but Carl Bickley is on a 10.15 average himself. Um, obviously, uh, who else we got there? Alfie Botel, 9.78. Um, and, and Lee Complin's obviously come in at Armadale now and finds himself at number one. Uh, just looking at the makeup of... Which team were we talking about earlier? Uh, Plymouth. Plymouth. Whose averages haven't actually been updated at the moment. They've still got... Um, Connor King and Ellie Meadows in there as well, so we'll wait to see how their averages change. But um, that that sums up the averages um, for I, this I just one. Want to say, as far as I'm aware, I think both Reese Naylor and David Abraham yeah. will be three point riders. I did think they would be because Reese yeah. Naylor's been a while down now. So I'm frantically pressing refresh on this Kings Lynn meeting. This <laughs> giving me like panic attacks. And... I hope the update is at a power cut. <laughs> Don't say that. The last I always find that the last heat always seems to take a while. Um if you wanted another heat up if you want another update from Bellevue, uh they have extended their lead further in heat fourteen, courtesy of Jai Etheridge and Charles Wright. They've got a four two and it's now fifty five twenty nine. I've got a really big update. They're doing track degrading. <laughs> that's it. Well thanks. Thanks for that. That's, that's, that's good. Cheers, a bit of tractor racing. Everybody likes a bit of tractor racing at Speedway. That's what I paid for fifty good for. Mm. I'm glad I'm not having a moan and I'll let YouTube moan this because I was going to have a moan about something but actually I'm going to fi finish on um, a brighter point actually so um, I like morning yeah I like moaning as well and there's we no, I am like morning. Moaning. yeah I'm going to I'm going to do it first I'm going to oh, come God. to that one last because that's a bit of good news but I'm going to have a little bit of a moan um, I think we all saw what happened in the Sheffield versus Ipswich meeting on Eurosport last week um, yeah. obviously Danny King had a big smash into the air fence um, there was a lot going on during the meeting and there was a lot of delays whether it be exclusions and the air fence not blowing up properly but I, I don't know and I'm pretty sure you both saw some of the comments that were happening on social media shooting itself in the foot uh, the final nail in the coffin Steve <laughs> in this country is dead it, for me it was just absolutely ridiculous some of the comments that were being made and I know a lot of people have come out, particularly interesting stuff from Ryan Guest, who I think is he does a lot with uh, Leicester and a few other clubs as well. I know he's the um, is he the uh, track announcer at Birmingham? Yeah, I think he is, um, and a lot a lot was coming out, and a lot of sarcastic, tongue in cheek comments. And and for me, I, I don't think this is the death of Speedway. We had one bad night, and 
whilst I do agree Eurosport have got a lot to learn in terms of filling the programmes out, because I don't think they do enough in terms of that, I, uh, just people going over the top and I, I just get the sense that if people can have a jab at Speedway, then they will do. I'll come to you first, Kane. Just Facebook, innit? <laughs> it's, no. it's, it's all social media, though, isn't it? Yeah. Just, just British, innit? We love a good good morn, so just shut up, I guess. I think, I think, I think that with that one, it's it's just unfortunate that that was the one that was on TV. Yeah, um, it could happen at any meeting, at any day of the week, and if something like that happens, it's got to be the one that's on telly, isn't it? It's, mm. I, uh, yeah, I think the moaning is is very important. You know, every time there's something that happens on a live meeting or there isn't a live meeting, you could play sort of, yeah, you could play sort of catchphrase bingo with the stuff on social media, the death of Speedway shooting itself in the foot, as you were saying, like you could tick them all off within about 10 minutes of something happening, can you? Um, just, as a quick, just as a quick one, we have witnessed the death of Speedway tonight, though, because King's End have lost, so. <laughs> yeah, if you sorry. say, in news, grass is green. Sorry, was I was I, was I I laughing out loud there? I apologise. <laughs> um, I, I caught myself doing that. Um, if I, Well, that's probably the resurrection of British Speedway, you know, now that we're back to some normality of King's End getting beat. Um, deleted speedway updates as well by mistake. <laughs> the angle's that, coming out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, to to answer your question, I think uh, death of speedway is a little bit premature. Um, I think um, I think it. I think fans, a lot of speedway fans, are quite ready to jump on the bandwagon of a bit of of, oh, of slagging British speedway off as much as they can. You know, we we've done it a little bit on this show as well. You know, we've, we we do have a moan quite a lot. Um, we killed Newcastle Speedway. We did, virtually, probably. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, I, I, I think it, it's just unfortunate that of all the of all the meetings for that to happen in the one that's on live TV. Is it's just, quite a rarity because I've never, I've, I've never heard of, I've never heard of the, I've never heard of that problem. No, not of an air fence, not re, not being able to reinflate an air fence. Like it, it's just weird. It's strange, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, um, it was the tube, wasn't it? I think the tube got damage. Yeah. It goes from the generator. Yeah, which um, yeah, is the gate as well, so they didn't have the correct size fence. But I'm sure they'll they'll buy another one. It won't happen again. <laughs> it's an unforeseen. It's unforeseen. I mean, there's earlier in the season there was massive delays with ambulances and whatnot, and and that, and that's just part of. I wouldn't say it's anybody's in particular's problem or fault but it's just what has happened in life that has caused this to happen it's not always easy to have ambulances or whatever on standby so um i just don't understand why people have to keep having a jab at the sport if for me personally if you don't like it don't go no one's making you no one's holding a gun to your head and making you go to speedway if you're gonna moan that much about it then just don't go what what Don't I do what... find what I do find kind of interesting is I would suggest, I would suggest about eighty percent of the people that have moaned probably don't go anyway. <laughs> like yeah, you, know, you, know, yeah. You, you see a lot of things on social media. Oh, uh, is there any like is there any people on TV tonight or anything? Like that? Just just go to a meeting. Like <laughs> I think you have to remember as well, it's a lot easier to complain than it is to praise. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there might be a yeah. You know, we might have a we could have a meeting on uh, live on Eurosport this season's. Absolute world. I did see some. In fact, I did see some moaning earlier that Bellevue Sheffield wasn't on TV tonight. Now, if you just stuck that on, 
it's only an adequate track, that's why. It's yeah. If acceptable you was on, the right word. Yeah, acceptable, sorry. If you'd have stuck that on, you'd have looked at you're looking at a twenty six point hiding. You know, Bellevue have, have, have ended up winning fifty eight thirty two. You know, have nearly broken the sixty point barrier. Um and people would have moaned about that. They'd moan that it's not on and then when it is on, they moan no. that it is on, but it's not a very good meeting. So I, I it's it's quite it's yeah, whatever chance there is to have a moan, it, it seems to be people just just seem to want to do it. I think just enjoy the fact that there's speedway on TV. Enjoy the fact that you can go to your club and watch the team because not everybody can do that, can they? So it's just just enjoy the sport. Enjoy the sport. Yeah, and uh, echo what you said earlier about you'll always people are quick to have negative comments, but they won't praise uh, when something goes right. Um, they'll always find the negative in everything. So. I think it's important that we praise them when they do a good job um, and maybe we highlight when things aren't going so well. But I don't believe that there's there's reason for people to keep putting the sport down because the death, when people talk about the death in Speedway, the death is caused by the fans. They're, they're what's killing the sport with their negativity. So yeah, all I'll say to everybody is keep, keep believing in this sport because... We, we, there's so many different rules that have come into the sport right recently and I'm always one of those of I preferred it that way or I preferred it that way but if you don't try these rules then you ne- you're never going to know so yeah. in many respects I think you have to show a little bit of respect that they've tried something we don't all agree with the point scoring in the league it is a little bit confusing and I think they have gone a little bit too far now but I, I understand the concept of wanting to keep the league tight the same as uh, uh, with the rolling averages. You don't want all these big fluctuations in averages, so you base it on a rolling average, which I think is fair. But there's just, uh, but there's just so many little bits that that they could do to improve it. And by listening to people a bit more, I think we could make this an even better product. Not that it's not already. I believe we have the basis of a good product still. We just need to work on it. Yeah, for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with what you're saying. I think that there are little things that could be made that they could change. You know, as we touched on, I think it was last week or the week before, that you know, the, the referees don't have a, a a camera on on the on the start finish line for tight heats or to to keep an arm riders moving at the start. You know, those little simple things just they just make sense. I mean, you don't have yeah, but in the grand scheme of things, yeah, it's, um, it is a good it is a good product. People people do like watching speedways. Um, you just, if you don't want to be able to die, just go and watch it. <laughs> it's really yeah, that simple. Definitely. Like, just just get out there and go and watch with me. Go and watch. Go 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 to a track. All right, if it's a couple of hours away, then well, I understand you're not going to go every week. You make the effort. Go to some meetings. It's, you know, I mean, you you two you two unfortunately haven't got clubs yourself, but you've both been to live speedway this year. It, it, there's nothing stopping people from travelling around and going to watch the speedway. Exactly, I think it's important that everybody keeps watching the speedway. What and, I am going to do now, though. Oh, go on. Sorry, go on. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. just reiterating. I, you know, and just enjoy the fact that there is Speedway on TV. There are plenty of sports out there that don't haven't got the TV coverage. Uh, you know, don't have yeah. live TV coverage. Don't have. Yeah, you know, and we've had it for over two decades of live Speedway on some channel. All right, it's not Sky, it's not BT anymore. It's Eurosport. But just in, just enjoy the fact that it's on TV. Enjoy the fact it's on TV. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. And, and, so and just I could probably carry on moaning all day, but um, <laughs> we'll move on. And I'm going to finish with a couple of what I see as really positive aspects now, because I like to finish. What do they call it? A shit sandwich, isn't it? Apologies, but I'll, that's, this is my shit sandwich. We're on the radio on air, then. 
Yeah, apologies, the bit on top. <laughs> so the uh, as we as as we finished with um, or as we we a few weeks or months ago now I can't remember how long it was we were highlighting some different aspects of speedway and and the first women's British speedway championship on the Isle of Wight and I'm happy to say in ten days time that competition starts so eight of the UK's top female speedway riders are racing in a three round series. Um, to decide who's going to be the first British women's champion. So, and this has all been done by Barry Bishop. And obviously we spoke to Alan Critcher on the show as well, who was heavily involved in this. So all I can say is, is good luck to those two guys and good luck to the ladies that are taking part in the competition. Um, and it just be exciting to have the first women's British champion. Um, so that's one positive thing. And then to finish off with, um, I want to take you uh, up north again, Kane, up your way, but a little Woo! bit further than you. This one. So we're going, we're going up to Edinburgh. Um, obviously, we heard this season um, they were being moved on from their stadium. Um, but then soon after that, um, plans for a West Lothian community stadium, um, which is just down the road uh, from where they are. I've seen some pictures. It's, it's just a little bit further down the M8 from where they are at Armadale at the moment. Um I, I was really excited just to see some of what they were talking about. They were talking about a, a construction of a 1500 capacity stadium with, with viewing of a 260 meter speedway track capable of hosting world events, youth training tracks, facilities for community activities. So, so really we're, we're talking about something for the community more than anything. And guys to, to have something like that is just surely that's something to be proud about in speedway, isn't it? It's yeah, some much exactly. needed good news. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big high note. And I tell you what what is quite nice. Um we mentioned obviously Peterborough last week. They 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 might um they're obviously the local council got plans to build on where, where their track is. It, it's nice to see that Edinburgh sort of it looks like they've had a plan. It looks like they've yeah. sort of in case Armadale in case they can't race at Armadale, it looks like they've had a plan, which is Almost a breath of fresh air with some with some clubs in 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 terms of British Speedway. It's, it's nice that they clearly thought through the process of right. If if, if we're not going to have Speedway at Armadale anymore, then we want to keep Speedway going in Edinburgh or you know, just outside Edinburgh. And it's yeah, it's yeah, it's great. And the pictures look great. The stadium looks quite good. It's yeah, it's just all round positives, isn't it? Exactly. And uh, before I come to you, Kane, I, uh, I spoke to Ryan Mitchell, who we all know, um, who's, a, who's an Edinburgh fan, obviously, to see what his thoughts were. Um, it, he went on to say he thinks the plans look really exciting. Uh, development, not just for Edinburgh, but for Scottish and British Speedway as a whole. Um, it, the location is probably perfect for a track tucked into an industrial estate away from houses. And if the track is built correctly, doesn't see why it can't provide us with good hosting opportunities in British semis, league riders, championships, etc., etc. Um, and, and I think that's, Kane, I'll come to you now, that's probably an important aspect that Ed, a club like Edinburgh now might be able to host European competitions or world competitions or something along those lines. I mean, I think that's only good for the sake of British Speedway in general, obviously. It's another stadium being built there by standard rather than being redeveloped. Um, I, I think a big thing about the future period is owning your own stadium, and they will have that because I think you have to be really lucky to not own your stadium and be able to run out of it successfully, just financially to begin with. Um, and I think a big thing is the the new track 
like just the general shape of it because it'll be suited to the modern bikes a bit more. Um, Armadale, it's not. You know, it wasn't built for the the bikes we have now. It was it was built what twenty years ago. And yeah, it it does show. That obviously, there, I think there still is a place for technical tracks in speedway and British speedway in general. But you know, when you see the likes of Newcastle and some other tracks, riders have said it, it's dangerous because bikes aren't what they were ten, fifteen, twenty years mm-hmm. ago. They're a lot more powerful, and the only other way to counter that is to you know put limiters on the bikes on how fast they can go and I, I don't think it would be a problem doing that but I don't think everyone would be as in, in the same agreement for it so you know just just having tracks that are more suitable for what we have as a general product now is the easier and probably the best way forward I think mm. I, and I think all, all I can the only spin or edge I can put on this is let's look at We've got a new track coming at Edinburgh. We've got a new track coming up at Workington. Um, hopefully, Peter will get their situation short- sorted. And we've got tracks coming and coming and coming. And all I'll say to the people is start supporting your local Speedway team. Because I can guarantee, and I'll probably speak for you two as well, and probably now Newcastle fans as well, if you stop going for even for a sustained period of time, you will lose your track and then you won't have anything to moan about because there won't be nothing there anymore. So I think it's important that people keep going to support Speedway. We all have a moan. I'm sure we all stand on the terraces and have a moan about Speedway. But stuff like what's going on at Edinburgh at the moment is absolutely fantastic. Because if they can build a stadium, you look at you look at the, the, the clubs now north of the border, Edinburgh and Scotland. If this comes off, you're probably looking at two of the best racetracks or potentially two or three of the best racetracks if you put Workington being in the north part of the country. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I can only just reiterate what you were saying. It, it, just, just go and watch your, go and watch your, your local speedway team. Um, what I did actually want to bring up just before we uh, thing was, um, I'm not sure if you guys saw the video. Um, I think it was uh, a couple of days after our um, episode last week. So I think it was mid, mid, sometime mid last week. Um, Lee Kilby came out and had a, uh, a short, a short video about um, him talking about Swindon Speedway. Uh, and that sort of reiterating his and his and um, Alan Rossiter's sort of expectation, well, want and desire to have Swindon Speedway back again next year. Um, but obviously, you know, people are asking him and, and Roscoe a lot of questions in terms of the new stadium. But um, it is purely, but it, it was kind of nice that somebody had come out and had a and, and sort of, you know, obviously we're no closer to what um, what we all want. But it's uh, he came out and said that. He, um, he's keeping you in the public eye so people aren't forgetting Swindon. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. You, um, it's very easy for clubs just to be forgotten about and nobody to talk about it. Swindon are constantly being talked about, which I think is a good thing. The only, all we need now to hear is, yes, we're coming back next season. Yeah, Build that's what you want to hear, but as, 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 what he, as what he what he stated in the, in the, in the video is that it is purely down, they just need a stadium. If the stadium's built and they can run the track's there, the track's graded regularly, it's kept on top of, yeah, there's everything there to have the Speedway team back. It's, they just need a stadium. So, yeah, game and international, please just build the thing. That would be great. <laughs> so, but, um, anyway, 
I mean, that wraps it up for me. Is there anything you two guys want to add on? No, sir. No. Lovely. Lovely. All right. Well, hopefully everyone's enjoyed the show again this evening. Thank you again to BHP Radio for having us on. Um, hopefully we are invited back for the future and we've got plenty more to talk about. We're going to have some guests coming up on the show very shortly. Hopefully next week we might be able to introduce a guest onto a live show. I know I've spoke with um, Ollie Allen and Adam Ellis uh, recently about coming on the show and with the Speedway Nations and the British final coming up, hopefully we'll have them on the show, but certainly be looking to add something a little bit extra to for the radio show next week by having a guest on. But um, once again, thank you for listening to all our viewers or listeners, sorry, on, on the Spotify podcast and to all the guys that are listening on the radio. Thank you for having us. And a big thank you to you, Rob, and to you, Kane, for being on the show. Thank you. Ciao. And we shall talk to you again next week. Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.